Hi, welcome to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. This is Rashonda Yates. I recovered from binge eating, lost 50 pounds, and I've kept it off for over two years. And now I'm sharing what I've learned to help you end your binge eating once and for all. Today, I want to talk about this question that comes up inevitably working with clients. And I get the question in DMs, and it's how to know when to eat and when not to eat, basically. You know, it's basically, it's something like, you know, should I, how do I know when to write out a craving versus to just allow myself to have it? Like, how do I know when to choose either of those options? Um, And what you're really asking is, you know, how do I know that I'm not overeating? Right. That's that's the real question, because we do, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we want to avoid gaining more weight. And, you know, if you are like I was and have to lose 50 um, to 100 pounds to, you know, feel your best to be healthy, then chances are, you know, you are trying to actually lose weight. You know, you're trying to release weight right now. So. The answer to this that people don't want to hear, to be honest with you, is this. How do you know whether or not you're overeating? How do you know that you're moving in the right direction? Is you have to have data. That's the only way, okay? What is measured is managed. Now, there's a lot of ways to capture data. There's so many tools out there, you know, to to capture your data. And, but here's the thing. Many of us, when we start tracking, we have so much baggage associated with tracking, um, whether it's tracking, you know, calories, macros, getting on the scale, you know, taking measurements or whatever. We have so much baggage associated with that because of past experiences or messages that we get from, um, the diet industry or whatever it is. And, you know, we have so many thoughts about tracking that make it feel so hard and make it feel so difficult and make it feel like you're being deprived and this and that. And it's all just thoughts, right? Those are just thoughts. (laughs) And we can literally have any thoughts that we want. Now, there are some caveats to that. And I'm going to get into you know, five steps that you can take to really set yourself up for success um, because it really starts with your foundation, you know? And um, I'm going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes that we make that prevent us from knowing when and when not to eat. But I did want to start off by just talking about something that, you know, not many people talk about when it comes to disordered eating recovery is that, you know, if you are looking to lose weight and prevent gaining more weight, then you need to have some type of data that you can look at over time to know where you stand. You know, it doesn't have to be every single day. It doesn't have to be every single bite that you eat. It just needs to be enough that you can see trends over time. So there's a lot of ways to do that, but um, we're going to go ahead and dive into, you know, some of the biggest mistakes that we make when it comes to setting ourselves up for success. What are these things that are preventing us from knowing um, when to eat and when not to eat? So what are the things that are maybe 
causing us to overeat? Um, what are the mindsets? What are the attitudes? So forth and so on. So let's go ahead and dive into this. So the first mistake that um, many of us have made or maybe making right now is just being overly restrictive. Now, I don't have to tell you that it does require a calorie deficit to create weight loss. But what many of us do is we take that to the next level and we think, okay, well, you know, a 400 calorie deficit creates um, weight loss, then you know, I can create even faster weight loss by by going to an 800 calorie deficit, you know? Or we think that if we cut out a lot of different foods, then we'll be able to speed up our progress, you know? A lot of times it is wanting to speed up progress, not being happy where we are right now. And so we try to speed up things and we do this by creating these extreme deficits. And I don't have to tell you that this is not sustainable. And what it does is actually creates this rebound or what the hell effect um, called the abstinence violation effect in psychology, where, you know, as soon as we break whatever that deficit is or that, you know, restriction that we set in ourselves, then we're like, oh man, you know what? Screw it. I blew it anyway. So I might as well just go ahead and, you know, eat all of this or, you know, go on a binge. And it just, sets us up in this, what is the next mistake? The all or nothing, you know? So either we are being super, super restrictive or we are just eating anything that we see. We're on the seafood diet, you know? And so the thing is that one of the primal urges is hunger. In fact, Our entire reward-based learning system has been said to be built on the foundation of of this primal urge. Um, When we we have that dopamine hit when we eat food um, so that we can remember, evolutionarily speaking, we can remember where food was. And so that's why we get that dopamine from food. And of course, now with food engineering and like, you know, all of these the other factors, you know, food abundance in our world, um, in, at least in the Western world. And, you know, for many of us having food readily available, it really does affect our brain. So we have to um, be aware of that and understand how our brain works so that we can not be as susceptible to that. But, you know, when we are super, super hungry, which, by the way, is not necessary for weight loss, and in fact, is often counterproductive to weight loss because either we gain it back and then some, or we lose a ton of muscle because we lost it so fast. And then when we gain weight back, we're actually not gaining back the muscle that we lost, or we, we are gaining back some muscle, but we're gaining a lot more fat than, you know, what we had in the first place. So, you know, it really, slow and steady really does win the race. So being overly restrictive with diets and all or nothing solutions, I kind of combine those two mistakes together because they're so related. Um, But the next mistake that we often make is we're just trying to follow fad diets and fad plans. I know you've heard this before. Um, 
I heard it so many times and yet I still kept jumping on new diets and new programs because I would hear something, it would sound like it made so much sense. The rationale would sound like it made more sense. It promised these results. And, you know, I get it because when we are so focused on losing weight at any cost, we will jump on bandwagon after bandwagon. And we're not going to stop as long as that is our main motivation. So how to get out of this is to really and truly love yourself. Now you might say, okay, well, how do I love myself? The answer, well, there's a few different ways that I help clients with this in the Binge Free Boss program. But You know, the first step is just to start with a simple mantra, just a simple phrase. I love myself. Like if you will just choose that thought again and again and again, um, you're literally programming yourself to love yourself. You know, it's really that simple. Now we get into like, you know, some techniques around going literally into your subconscious and reprogramming yourself from the inside out. Um, the first pillar of the I am method is about identity and that's where we do that. But, you know, it really, it really can be super, super simple. And you can start literally today by just saying, I love myself. Um, there's a great book that, um, one of my mentors recommended, um, to me. And ever since I've read it, I recommend it to everyone. I recommend it to all my clients too. And it is Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by, I think it's Kamel Ravikant. Um, But Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. Get the Audible book. It is really, really great. Or get the physical copy. But it tells you how to love yourself, you know? So really that problem is solved. Like go get that book. It explains exactly how to love yourself. And the thing is that when we love ourselves, we stop chasing weight loss for weight loss sake. Like we actually start coming from, okay, well, how can I be really healthy? How can I feel my best? You know, how can I have more energy? And we start to realize that we can start being many of the things that we desire right now without even getting to that end goal, you know? And so, all right, let's move on to the next mistake that we make. And um, that is just trying to be perfect. So when we're trying to be perfect, again, we set ourselves up in this all or nothing dichotomy. Um, And the truth is that there's a middle ground, but we have to actually choose that middle ground. And what, what it is, is we've become so habituated to being either overly restrictive or just, um, you know, the rebound effect or the abstinence violation effect. And, you know, it's just learned. It's really just a pattern. It's just a habit. So what we can do is we can start to find and choose that middle ground, you know, choosing like, okay, this meal might not be the perfect meal, but you know what? It's good enough. You know, just kind of having that attitude about it. Um, I remember when I first got into recovery, so first stopped binge eating, I would um, 
I didn't have much money at the time. So I wasn't buying a whole lot of like fresh vegetables and lean meats and stuff. And so my lunch was often peanut butter and jelly on just regular white bread and popcorn, you know? And so, and I remember there was a time when I wouldn't have accepted that meal. Like I would have thought, okay, if I'm not eating broccoli and chicken breast, then it's not good enough. But on the other hand, I would, you know, so it was like either broccoli and chicken breast or pizza and French fries. It was like, you know, either an extremely um, bare essential meal of just like protein and vegetables. I was either thinking that way or I was thinking, you know, um, let me eat something that's greasy and high calorie. And the way I thought about it was that it was quote unquote junk food, you know, and I would be indulging in pizza and French fries, chicken fingers and all this stuff, ice cream, or I was eating broccoli. And it was like, you know, God forbid I could have a slice of pizza and a salad, you know, which is another example of ba- of balance and being flexible. So what I teach my clients is the skill of being an adaptable eater um, and being flexible. And being an adaptable eater is the most empowering way to navigate eating. So you can eat what you want, when you want, and still move in the direction of your goals. So that's what the I am method focuses on, the IAM method. And I'm going to share with you a few steps from pillar one and three that can get you started right away. So step number one is to identify your values. So many of us don't know what our values really are. In fact, I remember really being shocked when I found out, you know, okay, well, I knew that one of my highest values was freedom for example. But I was shocked when I realized that that was actually running counterproductive to a lot of my goals because I, because every time I started getting traction with a particular commitment, I would start sabotaging myself because it. I felt I had a story that it was taking away my freedom. So, you know, and then many of our values are subconscious. So we have to bring those to the surface because you might have a value that's running counterproductive to what your goals are. So identify your values. Step two is to be committed. So being committed to honoring your values, being committed to um, loving yourself, being committed to your outcome that is coming from your values and a place of self-love. Commitment is a choice. And being committed means that even when you're not perfect, you're still moving forward. All right. So when I ate the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, even though it wasn't the perfect meal, it was like, oh, yeah, well, this is good enough. And this is going to get me through. And, you know, I knew that eventually I'd be able to get vegetables back in, you know, or get some lean proteins back in. But, you know, if my day isn't perfect from beginning to end, it's okay. Like I have all these other days ahead of me that I can make choices that are helping benefit my body, benefit my health, benefit my goals. Um, okay, so number three is to identify who you need to be. For on a characteristic level, who do you need to be? Is it be committed? Is it be compassionate? Is it be self-integral, being honest with yourself? You know, so many of us are in so much self-delusion. We think that we know best, even though we 
keep hitting a wall over and over and over again. And we filter out, you know, um, things that don't fit with our worldview. And so it's really important that we, you know, um, are honest with ourselves. So do, you know, do you need to be honest? Do you need to be um, open and curious? So what are those ways of being? Um, Step four, identify what skills, mindsets, and habits you need. So once you know what your values are, once you know what characteristics you need, then you can start to build in what are the habits? What, you know, how many times a week do you need to do X, Y, and Z? A lot of times we are so tempted to start there. So perfect example, January 1st, everybody thinks I want to lose weight. So I'm going to start going to the gym and I'm going to start eating healthy. And then by February 15th, you fall off the wagon. Why? Because you didn't start first with who you need to be. So start with who you need to be first and then you can start to build those skills like, you know, going to the gym twice a week or, you know, adding in more vegetables to my diet or whatever it is. Um, and not to say that you can't do both in tandem, but what happens is when we don't think about, you know, who am I, who created the the results that I have now, we think we're going to get new results from that same person, that same core identity. And, you know, we're not going to get new results. We're going to get the same results because that's how we got the results that we have right now is because who we're being. This applies to me too. Um, That's why I always have coaches because I know that there's things that they can see that I can't see. So number five is take action. So now that you have really, um, taken a moment to clarify your values and the ways of being that you need and what you need to learn in terms of skills and mindsets and habits, take action. Remembering that it won't be perfect and that's okay. Because if you're coming from a place of self-love and you are committed, you will get where you're trying to go. All right. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. If you haven't followed me on Instagram yet, go ahead and follow me over there at Rashonda Yates, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Ending Your Eating Podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashonda Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.